All right, it appears we're on the air. Sesh, are you ready? Yep. Maria, are you ready? Righto. Then in five, four, three, two. Hello, all you Spry Tubers, Twitchers, and Pod people out there. Welcome to the Could You Do It Better podcast. We're filmmaker, gamer extraordinaire, and the behind-the-scenes awesomeness known as Sesh. And the award-winning writing and directing sensation known as Maria. Discuss popular television shows and movies and answer the always controversial question of... Could you do it better? Today, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 4 of Warren Schmidt Hissrich's The Witcher television series, based upon Andrzej Sapkowski's The Witcher novel series. And as for me, I'm Jonathan the Intern, and unlike our two experts, have no industry experience whatsoever. In other words, I'm much like the law of surprise. Sure, you think I'm just some harmless chatter you ignore, but then there I am, ready to F everything the hell up and give you morning sickness. <laughs> and now, to Sesh and Maria. Woo! All right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, viewing audience. Uh, so, uh, we will be uh, reviewing uh, episode... Uh, for today, so spoiler warning, um, and there will be spoilers throughout. So if you haven't watched this episode and you don't want to hear spoilers before you do, please feel free to put us on mute as you watch the episode, then re-watch our show afterwards, because that's how you double view counts. And now, on to the recap as mandated by our legal department. We start where episode three left off, with Ciri walking in a trance-like state into the forest. Once inside, she is attracted to a glowing humming ball. Aliens do exist! No, never mind, it's a hoax. It's just the elves of Brokelon Forest doing Amazonian cosplay, taking Ciri hostage. Carry on. <laughs> Over to the Great White North, where tales of Geralt's demise to a Selkimore have been greatly exaggerated as Geralt walks in wearing its blood and guts as a suit to collect his payment while his bard friend leads the tavern in a, in a rousing rendition of Toss a coin to your witcher. Yaskir, now serving officially as the witcher's hype man, requests Geralt to accompany him to a royal wedding in Sintra to protect him from cuckolded sausage poachers in exchange for his pay, a bath, and a full-body erotic chamomile oil rub down. <laughs> Geralt accepts, so long as he doesn't have to go as a witcher. Within seconds of entering the castle, Geralt is recognized by everyone, including a younger, happier mouse act. Looks like that massage was for naught after all. While talking of Ciri's mom's marital prospects, Yaskir gets accosted by a lord accusing him of adultering his wife and orders him to drop trow and show his derriere as proof. <laughs> Geralt deftly handles this by saying, Yaskir lost his family jewels in an unfortunate ox-kicking accident, poor guy. Problem solved. Enter Queen Calanthe, a bawdy, young, bloodthirsty, beer-chugging warrior who is just a bit <laughs> less regal than her older self. <laughs> You like the alliteration, That's huh? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she gives her depressed daughter some great advice, like stop crying about marrying someone you don't want. You could do worse. Plus, you can have whatever man you like after you get married, just like me. Oh, that's terrible. 
Her daughter, Pavetta, counters by asking her mom if she should kill serfs and behead elves for fun just like her, too. Ah, uh, kids. Always spoiling the fun. All that insight. Yeah. Back to the forest where we find Ciri's elf friend, Dara, survived. And they're faced with the ultimatum of drink our potent water to forget your past and heal mental trauma or die. Siri gets honest and tells Dara she is actually a Sintrum princess on the lamb. Unfortunately for Siri and Elvish, this translates to my family took pleasure in killing, raping, and committing genocide against her people. Dara's like, I'm gonna go get blackout drunk on that impotable water now. <laughs> Back to Sintra, where the queen is getting her best flirt on with Geralt. But unfortunately, her typical go-to lines of murder and torture just simply aren't getting the job done. The first suitor arrives in Lord Peregrine of Nilfgaard, talking of uniting the north and south with his potent male seed. The queen tells him to plant that seed back in Nilfgaard so maybe his people won't drink urine and eat babies anymore. Oh. I'm guessing she's going to regret saying that at some point <laughs> in her life. Cut to a queen, Kalis, with her newborn and Yennefer riding in a carriage having girl talk about being incubators and having dead-end jobs with no payoff while being glorified servants to incompetent men. So, you know, basically the huge. <laughs> when suddenly they're ambushed by an assassin and his scimitar-legged cricket paid to kill the queen because she couldn't provide a male heir. Yennefer portals away the queen, herself, and a guard to safety, but it's only temporary as the assassin tracks them down in mere moments. Things are looking dire. But back to Geralt and Calanthe small talk for now, where we learn Geralt is one of the last of a dying breed and that no more witchers can be produced. Sorry, ladies. Looks like no Henry Cavill babies will be bursting forth from your loins. He's closed for business. Sad. We interrupt this moment of indeed collective sadness. <laughs> With an uninvited Lord Urchin crashing the wedding, claiming dibs on the good-looking single girl. Yeah, one of those at every wedding. <laughs> Calanthe orders him to unmask himself, and when Iced removes his helm, we find he's actually an anthropomorphic hedgehog. <gasps> the queen orders everyone, including Geralt, to kill it, even after Geralt says that's a man suffering from a curse, not a monster. Urchin claims Pavetta by the law of surprise. And a melee ensues. Just, uh, just as Hedgehog Man is about to bite the big apple in the sky, Geralt gets involved, and now it's a good old-fashioned Donnybrook. The queen is like, F this. If these idiots all get to have a knife fight at my party, I get to also. But after seeing Ice get involved, she tells everyone playtime's over because you have to keep your suitor always wanting more. <laughs> Jump to Kalis and Yennefer being stalked in the mountains. Yennefer is like, seriously? I got all pretty for this literal dead-end job? Portal out, leaving Queen Kalis and her babe in arms behind. Kalis offers up her baby as a sacrifice if the assassin lets her go. The assassin rules that is a terrible parental decision and slashes Kalis's throat. But when he orders his sword cricket to kill the wee one, Yennefer portals back in, magically beheads the assassin's pet, and then they both yell, Hadouken! at each other. Yennefer grabs the child, opens a portal, and runs through, but the assassin's final blade catches her in the shoulder as she apparates in the ocean. Yennefer, holding the baby, fights the shore, only to find that, sadly, the blade killed the child as well. 
She gets the failed mission screen and must restart from her last save point. <laughs> Back to the wedding, and Pavetta runs to Urchian, saying she loves her hedgehog. Urchian says he was cursed as a young boy, but as a reward for saving Calanthe's late husband from certain death, he accepted the law of surprise as payment. And, surprise! I'm here to pick up your teenage daughter! <laughs> oh yeah, and also... I've been sleeping with her! <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Calanthe Furious calls both her daughter and late husband stupid. But all the men there are like, um, actually, that checks out. I mean, he did call dibs first. You know, it'll like break the universe to go against the law of dibs. Bro code. Calanthe is like, you all are idiots. Witcher, do you believe this garbage? And Geralt involves himself yet again saying bro code isn't real, but a promise is. <laughs> Pavetta declares she will marry the hedgehog, and Calanthe goes to kill him. <laughs> but Pavetta is an avid D&D player. She casts Thunder Wave, clearing everyone away in a 10-foot radius, followed by Wall of Wind and Levitate. This is enough for Calanthe to regret going warrior class and accepts Pavetta as awesome giving her and Urchian her blessing to marry. Ice, knowing now is his chance as the door is open, proclaims that Calanthe accepted his marriage proposal as well, and there will be a double wedding! Huzzah! Back to the forest, where Siri is having nightmares. Dara, acting like a brainwashed cult member, convinces Siri to drink the water, but nothing happens. Meanwhile, Yennefer gives a depressing eulogy at the baby funeral, lamenting how women are all just vessels for people to take from until they're empty and useless. And on that note, cut to the wedding, where true love's kiss breaks the spell of the Beauty and the Beast Enchantress, and Urchian is turned human again. Urchian thanks Geralt for saving his life and offers a reward. Geralt, being a traditional man, asks for the law of surprise, much to the horror of everyone, as Pavetta immediately displays the first sign of morning sickness. Surprise! And hence we learn how Geralt has a destiny with Ciri. Back to the forest where the Nilfgaardians cannibalize Calanthe to determine from the eater's guts that Ciri is in Brokolon Forest. We see a captured mouse sack dragged by a horse quickly gather the fallen queen's shawl before being led away. We end the episode on Siri drinking the sap of the Brooklyn tree, entering a psychedelic desert, and being asked by a magic tree what she is. <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Brooklyn Water Corps. Companies go near and far for premium water. Up mountains, down streams, on glaciers. Here at Brooklyn Water Corps, we go to the end of the world and back to provide you water so clean, so untouched, that a mere sip of it makes all your worst days and bad dreams fade away to nothingness. Our water is so pure, it comes straight from the tree of life, unfiltered, undistilled, and unprocessed. That's Brokolon water, refreshing to the final drop. <laughs> Back to you, Sesh and Maria. Now, now who am I? What? Why am I here? Oh, well. You Great were a happily unpaid intern. Ah, yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes, Brokolon Watercore. Excellent.
to the very last drop. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thank you for that recap. It was excellent. I hope to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, our first question of the evening, speaking of the Brothalon Water Corp, is if you could take an elixir to forget all of your problems, would you? Uh, I can I can start that. Um, yeah, they, they call that alcohol, right? <laughs> never, never touch the stuff. Um, honestly, though, uh, while first glance, it seems like it would be a gift to easily get rid of any trauma, nightmare, or memory of a decision gone wrong with just a simple swig of water. When you take a deeper look at what that would mean, you'd quickly realize this is not all it's cracked up to be. The fact is, I think most of us learn and grow the most from our mistakes, and that is what allows for the bulk of our maturation. It's how we know what will harm us and how to distance ourselves from toxic and abusive individuals. Without our bad memories and nightmares, many of us would likely find ourselves trapped in a cycle of abuse and pain that we could never get out of, as we wouldn't be able to recall what happened. As such, our past traumas and nightmares would become our daily experiences. Now, that's not to say that this water wouldn't help anyone. In fact, there are people out there who suffer from severe PTSD or crippling memories that keep them from pursuing a normal life. And for those, giving them something to allow themselves to forget those experiences would likely be a blessing. But in all, if we were to have this technology, we should use it in extreme moderation and only to those who can't move forward without it. Otherwise, we'd wind up irreparably damaging humanity, taking away a lot of the inspiration, motivation, and drive that comes from the pain we feel. That was beautifully said. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm basically say a similar thing, but slightly different. You know, I think the problem with forgetting your problems is you also forget solutions. Uh, I tend to believe our problems come to us partly because there's a challenge or something we have to learn from them. So if I forget, yes, I'm no longer stressed, but I will most likely run into those same problems again, only I won't have any memory of potential solutions I may have already developed. I mean, a vacation would be really nice, but forgetting forever would only work if I'm also jettisoned from the entire situation, like sent to a different world with different roles and values. And even then I might wind up running into the same issues just in space ways. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just face. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're kind of aligned here. Um, so forgetting about your problems doesn't make them go away. Uh, like, will you only forget about your current problems, or will you forget about every problem you've ever had to overcome? Like, I can't see this being worth it. Like, problems and challenges and hard times can mess us up, but they can also build us up to who we are. So. Putting myself in serious position, I don't think it's a good idea. And I will get to that in a minute, but I do want to bring up Dara. I understand him taking the elixir, though. He's in a slightly different position than she is. He has a past he can do nothing about. He can't change it. He doesn't have any an active problem he can overcome. It's just past and regret and trauma. Like, I don't think it's best for him to totally forget, but I'm more conflicted with him and I understand a little bit more. Like, it makes a little bit more sense. But for Suri, she's being hunted as a princess 
who she is needs to be kept secret from most people. Those after her know who she is and who they're looking for. In no way her forgetting who she is and where she comes from would that help her well-being or survival. She would make herself totally defenseless, wandering around, clueless, do-do-do-do-do, not a care in the world. Yeah, she's she's got to remember so she can survive. And I wouldn't take that deal either. I prefer elixirs that don't remove entire chunks of memory. Look at that. Everybody agreed with one. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a first for this show. All right. <laughs> Well, our next question, we'll see if we really will. Um, uh, so this queen is quite different from the one we met. Uh, was her untamed behavior more a show to keep control and power over brutish men? Or do you think her cruel and racist nature is real? Seeing her at this stage, do you think she ended up getting what she deserved at the end? Sesh, you want to start us off? Oh, boy. It's like, yes, kind of, yes, maybe. <laughs> um yeah, this era of her is clearly living in a tough man's world where she's boisterous and snappy with a rude humor more than anyone else in the room. She seems well adjusted, though, actually, like probably from what we learn is likely some bloody genocide. Yikes. Uh, I, I would say that future her with the loss of uh, a daughter that changed her she's mellowed out plus having one caring husband and he's great I, I love this guy so much i'm sure help smooth her edges out too so she's definitely softened up uh but she's still thriving in this world and was moments away from asking if her witcher guest has ever bedded a queen uh despite all the fun and wit of the evening we're reminded how terribly bigoted she is and has been probably being that one uh, that does probably being the one that does specifically the one that does those terrible things. Dara witnessed uh, when she first walked in covered in elf blood, probably right. Oh, Assuming so. Um, I think I, I think she said I, I, serfs I, I in the south. Oh, just so serfs. that might have been that might have been <laughs> yeah. human blood. Oh god. Yeah. But you never know. Um, you I mean, never know. I, and you have to be a fighter to make it, uh, similar to Yennefer, if you think Ooh. about it. She mm -hmm. fights back from the unfair world by trying to be the biggest fighter and the biggest jerk in the world for the jerks. <laughs> However, <laughs> I mean, it would seem after meeting tragedies such as the loss of her daughter, she became kinder and more tame. 
Um, I don't think she really developed the wisdom she needed to in time to protect her kingdom. I think her sad ending was an unfortunate result of living life as a fighter. You know, at some point you're, you're going to end up at the other end of the sword. Um, it wasn't something that surprised her. However, she knew her time would be up at some point, but fought every day anyway. Um, I don't think she knew how much love would affect her. Uh, and when she lost Ace, I think that really broke her more than the other losses in her life, even dying, honestly. Yeah. Some good points there. I mean, uh, for me, I, I think she's definitely the racist body warrior she <laughs> pretends to be. Uh, and more at this point in her life. I mean, uh, you know, as she herself said, she has little desire for politics, as that has shades of gray. Whereas the battlefield is simple. It's either kill or be killed, you know? So don't have to worry about anything else. You can just drink your beer, show up and, and start, start shanking people. Yeah. You know, Every, everybody's dream when they were a kid. The fact, the fact is uh, the queen hasn't learned enough in her life yet to think differently. And I think the events that unfolded tonight is likely the start of that education to being a better person. Unfortunately for her, you do sort of reap what you sow. You act like a violent genocidal maniac and insult rival nations instead of working towards consolidating power and making alliances, there will one day be a reckoning. And sadly for her, that day did come long after she was deserving of it, but it did come nonetheless. And that's the thing. You can spend your whole life working towards making up for the mistakes you made in your youth, but some things will never be forgiven. And you will eventually pay for them one way or another. Oof. Oh. Yeah. That's that's rough. Yeah. That's rough. It's sad, like 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 Sash mentioned, that the people around her had to suffer, especially her granddaughter, you know, who doesn't understand what's going on in the world, to to have the weight of her parents and grandparents' wrongs, you know, weighed on her now. Yeah, yeah she doesn't even know about the battles. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, morality and justice, those are funny things in a lot of ways, because even if somebody is deserving for what they've done in their life, who are they now versus who were they? You know, it is possible to change. But at the same time, it might not be possible to be forgiven. Oof. That's tough. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good points. Very weighty. So our next question is, why would the Witcher invoke the Law of Surprise instead of ask for coin, like he does with everything else? Sash, what do you think? Hmm. Okay, I got some good points here. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think he felt like he was just there at the right time for the situation, right place, right time. He just spoke the truth, and he just stood by his own convictions. He didn't do a job. The point I'm making is that he just wasn't on the clock. Mm. <laughs> Witches have been established to have real principles when it comes to workmanship. He acted as he would have before discussing any coin exchange. And it was mentioned that most law of surprise gifts end up sucking. <laughs> the gamble that usually doesn't provide anything worthwhile. He took it to make the point that he really didn't want anything for him just sticking to his guns and helping out in a situation. It's like he has to be paid in like a single lottery ticket, <laughs> like <laughs> where no matter the payout, he'd only collect if he ever came back. Or, you know, 
Ooh, whoopsie, you win a princess. <laughs> I like that comparison, lottery ticket. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, really, I have a simpler answer, um, and that's to move along the plot. <laughs> no, uh, really, really, from, from what we know of Geralt, uh, this does seem like a very odd ask for him. A uh, simple coin or the name of the person entity who cursed him such that that person could be brought to justice seems far more apropos hmm. to what Geralt has asked for, at least thus far in the series. I mean, maybe he was so taken aback and shocked by what he just witnessed, it was his subconscious saying he does believe in destiny, hmm. but that's a bit of a reach compared to the much uh, simpler explanation of just tying up some storyline loose ends, and, <laughs> you know, making a tighter story. Hmm. Yeah, cool. you know... I, I agree with you guys. I, I think he probably felt it wasn't earned coin, like he wasn't on the job. He seemed to like getting coin based on job assignment that he has completed. But intervening in other people's affairs is against his policy. So when he did it, I think he didn't want to feel like his interference was sealed with something real like coin. Mm -hmm. So yeah. something imaginary like a law surprise, which wouldn't pan out for many years anyway, was a decent bet. Oh. So he thought. <laughs> that's a good point yep i think that's accurate <laughs> i think it also kind of spits on the face of the people who super believe in it like, yeah, yeah sure okay <laughs> right right so our, <laughs> our next question as mousesack asserted do you think if the witcher stayed at the castle it would have saved them from their fates um jonathan you want to start us off? uh fate is a fickle mistress. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, one day you're claiming the law of surprise, and the next you find yourself killing your father and marrying your mother to become king of Thebes. <laughs> you know, the funny thing with fate <laughs> is that if something is destined to happen, then nothing you do will take you away from that fate or move you toward it, as your desires and choices have little to do with it. For one way or another, it will happen regardless. Geralt does seem to be cosmically paired with Ciri, but just like any good prophecy, nobody involved knows whether it's for good or bad or what that pairing will lead to. Mm -hmm. Maybe it saves the world, or maybe it ends it. But whatever it is, it is destined. So I do not agree with Masak. Whether Geralt stayed in the castle or not matters little, as destiny is a meteor slowly growing in size and impending doom until it plows straight into you, causing a lifetime of devastation. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, artistic. <laughs> also, if Geralt had stayed, I think there's far more chance that him, Calanthe, and Ice spent their time hunting monsters rather than become politically savvy and make years of clever alliances and consolidation of power to avoid their own downfall. But, you know, that's just me. They would have had a good time, that's for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd say, yeah, having a witcher around always helps. I mean, well, can't can help sometimes, occasionally. But look, look how much he helped at this night's events. Uh, help them not be worse. Yeah. Uh, but for a witcher to stay and 
dilly dally dally with a royal family, especially a royal family that does not have a good track record with their treatment of sentient beings. <laughs> there is no way he was going to stick around meddling in their affairs, even if he was totally on their side with everything. Nah, he's he's got to be too productive. He has no <laughs> intention of retiring, and just being in a royal court is absolutely a retirement for his lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think the Witcher would have been able to stay in the same place without bigger problems because he has a strong sense of right and wrong. And at that time, this kingdom wasn't super ethical, like you said. I, I could see him getting kicked out in no time. Uh, the kingdom mm -hmm. the kingdom just wasn't ready for the Witcher, I say. <laughs> so our next question is, do you think Yennefer would have made a good mother? Does she already regret her choice of beauty, or is she just done with the whole lot of things? We're gonna start with me. I think <laughs> I, I think she really wanted to save that baby. I do think she showed she has the heart to be a mom because she is not just hurt by the world but seems in her way to want to make a difference. Uh, the very act of burying the child and speaking to it show she has a higher more altruistic thoughts than say the queen who tried to sacrifice her own baby to save her skin. I think she is jaded, but still trying to figure out what difference, if any, she can make in the world. I don't think she wants power just to have it at this point. I think she wants power to prove that she's worthy and even a good person. The comments on a woman being just a vessel to be used shows the kind of world she's up against and what she has witnessed but I definitely don't think she would have raised that little baby to be passive. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement. You know, I, I think she's starting to realize the true cost of what she gave up. To spend a lifetime of being used by powerful people to clean up their messes, forever unloved and abused, and to never experience the unconditional love of a child. I mean, this older version of Yennefer appears matured, thoughtful, and yes, caring. And even after being talked down to by Queen Kalis, Yennefer was selfless in trying to save her child, risking grave danger to do so. And that is what's needed to be a good mother. While she would have made for a terrible mother in her youth, this older Yennefer seems to have the makings for a very good mom. That said, often, it's only after truly understanding what you've lost and the consequences for your actions that you begin to make the changes that would have been necessary to prevent the choice you made from ever happening in the first place. Yeah. I mean, mm. I really hope she ends up adopting at some point because that would be so sweet. One of the hedgehog babies? Or maybe one of those one of those <laughs> one of those princesses from the grave, you know? Oh yeah. Taking care of those. A striga in the uh, Yeah, yeah, striga. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> We see some tenderness where, yeah, I, I believe she might have taken this child as her own even. Um, like, I, I doubt there's a good orphanage around. And there, I mean, there's possibly a trusted friend, but I think she even would have done that. Like, she spent some time with the baby even after its passing, lamenting. She's still cynical and jaded, especially after decades doing what she's been doing and it not playing out how I'm sure she wished it would. Royal people being horrible, definitely in her eyes, wasting their powers for pettiness. Her knowing as quickly as she did that the wife's own husband probably sent the assassin is very morbid, but I think accurate. I'm sure she's had so much time to just think and 
absolutely hate her bosses. Like she's taking this baby's funeral to rethink things, maybe change her course. I don't think she regrets the beauty at all, though. Uh, she's just overall cynical about everything, especially after this really cool experience. And I, I think she is looking for change, though, and maybe past mistakes. I think she likes the way she looks. um so our next question of the night is would you allow your child to marry a hedgehog if it was promised made by your ex slash baby daddy (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you cosmo for that question that was that was excellent yeah i have cosmo like questions too a couple of questions they're not great questions to ask about but i still have them like (laughs) Is it just like hedgehogs, like the animal? <laughs> People part? Is it, is it as easy or not as easy? Like, I'm only half joking about that, but now I'm thinking about hogs too. Oh, gosh. Okay, serious question though. Uh, why not ask the knowledgeable witcher a lot more questions? Like, it's just a curse? Cool. What does that mean though? Will the grandbabies be hedgehogs? Mm-hmm. Are there other weird shockwave effects from his curse? Like, is it contagious in some way? <laughs> There's a lot of things to know. Is getting to know him as a person and exactly what happened with the old husband out of the question? Because I'm curious about that, too. Like, overall, I share the attitude um, with Geralt where I, I would need some more convincing than the fates stuff. But I definitely wouldn't have tried to stab the poor cursed guy. <laughs> and uh, most likely, I, I'll, I'll do what you didn't. And, um, you know, her kid's happiness outweighs if any of the royal duty stuff with marrying. <laughs> hey, you never know. Hedgehog might be a, a delicacy in Sintra. Oh, you, gosh. You, you got no, that no. could be a thing, too. <laughs> Is it a customary dinner? I, so many questions. I mean, yeah, I, I would want to know how they met. Uh, if said hedgehog has my daughter under some kind of spell and why my baby daddy has the right to make such a promise, that's what I'd like to know. But nevertheless, I mean, my daughter seems to love him. I need some time to get to know this spiky guy. Will he be good to my daughter? Does he have what it takes to raise an interspecies family? What are his values? Can he cook? What made him fall for my daughter? Uh, He would have to run through a gauntlet of hedgehog tests. I would have my daughter tested for hexes or potions that uh, may have been put on her. Um, Then if after all that, everything checks out, who am I to reject potential hedgehog grandchildren? <laughs> so cute. I think I just want a hedgehog. That's pretty much yeah. it. <laughs> that, that, I mean, they probably would be adorable. That, that's what we've learned from this question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for me, I'd start questioning some of those past decisions I made. Like, why did I ever get with your baby daddy? And <laughs> why didn't I kill your baby daddy with my own bare hands? Or if I exhumed the body now and got a sorcerer to reanimate him, could I kill him with my bare hands all over again? You idiot. Yeah. Then, then, after ensuring the love is real and mutual, and the hedgehog is a stand-up hedgehog with, you know, good temperament, who's sweet and caring, I'd have to get on the phone with state and federal government agencies to understand marriage and tax law pertaining to the subject. You know, 
then then I'd likely need to kill my baby daddy one more time before accepting that this is going to happen. Um, you know, that said, as everyone's already said, you know, hedgehog babies are extremely cute. So very, very hard to say no to. Also, also, aren't there like four to seven in a brood? That just, yeah. that just seems like a lot of one time. Sounds like a good, strong bloodline to me. <laughs> There's bound to be boys in there for the. <laughs> or just more girls. She wouldn't mind. Oh, that's true. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and uh, see before we move on. Do we have any questions from the viewing audience? Comments on what they would do with their hedgehog family? <laughs> let's take a quick look. Looks like we uh, have a couple new listeners today. So hello, everybody. Welcome to, uh, to, to the show. And we see uh, uh, one named uh, uh, here. Rest are anonymous, but hello, Mike. Nice to uh, uh, nice to meet you. Hope you're enjoying. All right. Well, we'll come back later for any uh, hedgehog-related <laughs> questions that the audience <laughs> might have. Um, and I guess it's now time for the moment that everybody has all been waiting for. Yes. Mm, yes. 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 Ratings. Ratings. It is. <laughs> all right. Uh... Let's see who wants to tell us first. Uh, I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can read it first. Um, for me, I really like this episode um, and how it not only gave us further insight into how Geralt and Ciri's destiny came into being, but also gave further depth to Calanthes and Yennefer's characters, uh, which I do feel was needed, you know, which was pretty awesome, um, as well as establishing the backdrop to the downfall of Sintra. Um, overall, I felt this was a much more tightly written and meaningful episode than the previous one. Um, it balanced uh, the humor in it and the seriousness uh, quite well also. And really, I think it was just a great episode overall. Uh, I give it a 9 out of 10, a solid A. I'd say it's a much, uh, it's a uh, must-watch uh, 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 episode and, and much improved over uh, episode uh, 3. More online with episodes 1 and 2 for me. Yeah, well, I keep watching. Very much so. Like, I love this whole proposal party episode, and now everything makes so much more sense to me in the story. Um, like, I understand why we're following Siri more so, and uh, more of her history and her mother and their history together, um, and the grandmother's history. I have a better grasp of who everyone is at a deeper level. And the focus of the main plot line seems to have been fortified, too. I think this episode really does a lot. Um, I like the law of surprise being the thing that binds them, especially since its handling is so skeptical, uh, skeptical despite all of the arguments that we see. And it feels like it could really be either just fate or just how sometimes things play out in ways that feel like fate. Like, I really like that balance. I also like that we get to dive deeper into every character from the royal family to Geralt's convictions and Yennefer, where she's speaking her mind for herself rather than, you know, verbally attacking someone. Like, it's just overall just such a great episode. Um, the party stuff overall is some of my favorite scenes of, like, humor, action, and uh, intriguing, important plot. So it's like a Eight out of five. Eight, 8.5 for me. It's up there. Maybe nine. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm on board mostly with what you guys are saying. I enjoyed this episode, perhaps not as much as the first two, but I definitely thought it was excellent. I felt in some ways more of a transition episode uh, is what it felt to me uh, as it set up a lot of peaks into different worlds and the past that had me asking a lot of questions. Um, I would give this episode an 8 out of 10. The only weak link to me actually uh, was that it felt a little forced when they connected Gerald to Geralt, sorry, to Siri through the Law of Surprise. It, maybe not, but I felt like there needed to be one or more, one or two more elements that got Geralt to ask for the Law of Surprise instead of just kind of randomly choosing to say it, like a little more tension. That's like, okay, fine. Like, no, you can't do that. You can't ask for that. Like, okay, fine. Law of Surprise. Yeah. And that would have felt a little more like, oh, okay. You know what I would have liked to see? Hmm. I would have liked to have seen them bring up the Law of Surprise earlier, like mm-hmm. in a different episode. I think that would have really uh, helped. Because yeah. I feel like it's right that they did it, but it does feel a little on the, the soon side, where it's all just this one episode. Yeah, but it would have been really, really cool to see, you know, maybe like one or two other people who do it, and it's like, yeah, they got a chicken coop or something <laughs> crappy, you know. <laughs> that would have been, I think that would have definitely been a better setup. Yeah. Or, I mean, even if if Geralt wasn't the one who said it, and it was uh, and it was his bard friend. Oh, you like, Who's like, love's yeah. <laughs> I can picture that in the song, fine. Yeah, <laughs> fine. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. Then, and then vomiting and, and baby. You know, and it's like, <sighs> and the bard's like, "I'll take twenty percent of whatever the princess is worth." <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so with that, uh, from our audience, uh, does our audience have any ratings for this episode for us? Uh, we seem to have rated it pretty highly. Yes. Uh, uh, eight was the low. Nine was the high. Mm-hmm. Let's see, let's see, a couple new comments. We got some likes. Oh, people being mysterious, holding <laughs> back their ratings. Uh, all right, well, we will uh, hold off. We're putting them on the spot, you know? We, we, are. we, we, we are, we are. I... Oh, oh, oh uh, we one. did. We got Ooh. a comment from Bear9. Uh, I like the bard. I like the bard. <laughs> nice. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's always good to have a hype man, you know. It's uh, it you know, I feel like that's what I am for the show, but don't do it justice. So <laughs> <laughs> You just don't ask for coin enough, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, you need your own coin song for us. <laughs> yes. I- <laughs> I will tell you, I was told by HR specifically that the next time I ask for coin, I'll never be asking again. Oh, so no. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they said that's part of the contracts here, and legal just shook their head. Bria and me, we're the ones that can't sing. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Uh, So on that note, uh, all, thank you so much for joining us this evening and watching until the end. Uh, We do really appreciate all your support. And uh, hopefully we brought you some intelligent conversation last night. Um, And uh, again, it is your support that makes this worth it.
bad and, and we like watching the show, you know, but, you know. Um, Good excuse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you like this show, uh, please do like, share, subscribe, heart, do the likey things. Um, you know, uh, you found us here. Where could you do it better? Uh, that follows on uh, YouTube, the other sources also. We might be under CYDIB also. Mm -hmm. So that's how you can seek us out. Um, and if you hated the show, please make sure to like it twice because we have metrics and we can definitely see who's doing that. So uh, you doing that shows there are things that we need to change. And those more multiple likes we get, the more we're going to change just for you. So keep doing it. Come back each week and uh, you'll send that message straight to us. Um, so our next episode uh, I have will be on Monday, December 5th at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, yes? That's correct. Believe, yes. <laughs> Excellent. So it has been said, Monday, December 5th at 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, so say we all. And uh, unless there's any other comments, nope. Uh, looking forward to seeing you then. And... Until next time, could you do it better? Toss a coin into your pitcher, oh valley of plenty, oh valley of plenty. Again. All right, good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs>